Well, Merry Christmas! And uh, if this is your first time with us, I'm Justice Froman. I'm the pastor here. I'm so glad you chose to celebrate Christmas with us here on Christmas Eve. And it is so good to be with you. And in just a second, we're going to dive in. We're just going to spend a few moments in Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to dive in. But before that, I just want to say a brief prayer over our time together in the Word. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for coming for us. Thank you for putting on flesh, for becoming like us, for dying for our sins, for rising from the grave, for giving us new life. Thank you for a relationship. Father, I uh, pray that as we open your word, you'd speak to us as we seek to remember the significance of what you did on this day, Christmas, 2,000 years ago. We love you, Lord. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're getting ready to open presents, and um, you know, some people open presents on Christmas morning, some people open presents on Christmas Eve. Whenever I was a kid, if we were good, we got to open one present on Christmas Eve. It's kind of a tradition. So I remember one year as a child, uh, I wanted a, a Furby. How many of you remember the Furbies? Yeah, I wanted a Furby, so I chose that one on Christmas Eve, opened up the Furby, so excited. By morning, I was done with that Furby. How many remember? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's you. So, so it seems like Christmas, um, a big part of Christmas is giving gifts. It's uh, the most generous time of the year. Um, but uh, why do you think it is? Why is it the most generous time of the year? And uh, is it just the commercialization of uh, our sacred holiday and it's gotten into something maybe it shouldn't be? Could be, could be. But I think our generosity has its roots in the greatest gift that was given to mankind. But sometimes it's not that way. Many times we get wrapped up in the season and distracted by all the stuff. Did you know there was, a, there was a study done in 2014 of shoppers that found the average shopper, 77% of shoppers, spent on average $126 in gifts on themselves. Like missing the point, huh? Sometimes we can think that it's, it's, it's a time to get. But really, truly, as Christians, uh, Christmas should remind us of the greatest gift we were given and then compel us then to be generous towards others. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25 and see the description of the birth of Christ, the greatest gift given to mankind. In Matthew 18, uh, I'm sorry, but it's, it's not going to be up on your screen. So if you have your Bible, you can flip to it. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. You can just listen. And uh, so Matthew 1:18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. 
and he called his name Jesus. I want us to hone in on one verse out of that beautiful uh, record of the true story of Jesus' birth. The one verse is verse 23, where he is quoting Isaiah 7:14, which we read earlier tonight, where he says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we see that the greatest gift ever given to us is that God came to be with us. He came to become one of us. He came for us. He put on flesh. At least that's how uh, the Gospel writer John uh, records it. I'm going to flip over to John. And uh, in John chapter 1, we've been studying John as a church verse by verse, and we'll get back to it in the new year but uh, John's account of the birth of Jesus goes like this. John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. If you're unfamiliar, the Word here in these passages refers to Jesus. So, in the beginning was the Word. It was Jesus. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So beautiful. So he's like, so Jesus, before he came in the flesh, before Christmas, he, he's God. He's always been God. He's eternally God, preexistent as God. All things that were created were created through him. But then in verse 14, he says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So he says, the Word became flesh. Jesus put on flesh to dwell with us. One paraphrase says, He moved into the neighborhood. Like He came to be with us. He came for us. The greatest gift that God gave to us is that He came for us in Jesus. At least that's why Jesus came. That's what Jesus said he, why, said why He came. You know, John 3.17, Jesus says why He came into the world. You might not be as familiar with John 3.17 because everybody knows John 3.16. Believers, unbelievers alike, it's probably the most famous verse in all of the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. But most of us stop there. How many of us continue on to verse 17 where he says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. He's like, I've come on a rescue mission. I've come to save the world. Whoever believes in Him did not, uh, will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And so he's like, I came to, on a rescue mission. I came to save the world. I didn't come to condemn the world. If you don't know me, you're already condemned. He says, if you believe in me, the greatest gift, God so loved the world that he gave, the greatest gift to us is his son, Jesus Christ. And he gave his son. And if you believe in him, you can experience this life that he offers, eternal life, abundant life, if you just believe in him. But the implication is, that if you reject Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, then you'll experience eternal death, eternal separation from God. I think you know. And that, that, that's, that's, um, that's an unpopular idea, isn't it? 
that those who don't know God uh, will not spend eternity in heaven. We've actually, our culture has mischaracterized this whole doctrine and painted God as this a terrible person who's just sending people to a eternal punishment left and right. My brother, Jared, he is the youth pastor here, and he gave me this analogy. I've heard variations of this one, but this one has just stuck with me. He said, many people believe, we believe that, that life is like a big cruise ship. Humanity is on a big ship, and, um, and God is on there just throwing people overboard. He's just like, you were bad today. Over you go. You know? And he's just casting people off into eternal damnation. But that's not reality. It's not like that. Because our starting place, at least where it says here, our starting place is um, not on the ship. The reality is that we are all drowning in an ocean, and Jesus is the only one who comes with His rescue boat. And He saves all people who will grab onto His hand and get in the boat with Him. That's what it's like. He says, I've come to save the world. I didn't come to condemn the world. You're condemned already. You're all drowning in a sea of your sin. You're drowning. You need a Savior. And so I came on a rescue mission. I came for you. Jesus is the only one who would come. And He's the only one who uh, could come. There's a story of these, uh, these two friends in World War I. Inseparable friends. They enlisted together. They trained together. They were shipped overseas together. They fought side by side in the trenches. And uh, during an attack, one of the men was uh, critically wounded in a field filled with barbed wire and obstacles. And he was unable to crawl back to his foxhole. The entire area was under withering crossfire. It was suicidal to reach him. And his friend decided to try. But before he could get out of the trench, his sergeant grabbed him, pulled him back in, and was like, what are you doing? You can't go after him. It's too late. You can't do him any good. You only get yourself killed. A few minutes later, the officer turned his back. Instantly, he was gone after his friend. A few moments later, he staggered back, mortally wounded, his, now with his friend in his arms, now dead. The sergeant was angry, but deeply moved. What a waste, he blurted out. He's dead and you're dying. It wasn't worth it. But with almost his last breath, the dying man replied, Oh yes, it was, Sarge. Because when I got to him, the last thing he said was, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. And that's what Jesus did for us. He came for us. When no one else would, when no one else could, Jesus came for us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That He came. The difference is that when He came and laid down His life for us, He saved our life. He gave us life. We celebrate that He came for us. And all you have to do to receive this salvation, this life, is believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that Jesus lived a perfect life. That He died a gruesome death on a cross. That He rose from the grave to offer 
um, this relationship between you and God. Just believe in Jesus today. God came for us because He wanted a relationship with us. That He came to live with us so He could bring us to live with Him. He wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to save you. He gives us gifts. The gift of His Son. Now, um, when Jesus, he, he lived, and then He died, and He rose from the grave, and after a period of time, He ascended back to the throne in heaven. And Ephesians 4 uh, tells us about this ascension. It, it says in Ephesians 4.18, Therefore it says, When He ascended on high, He led a host of captives, and He gave gifts to men. Now, there's some debate on what gifts He gives to men. What are the gifts? What are the gifts? And there's speculation, but... I would just say, um, I think it's James that says, every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift. So with a relationship with Jesus comes a lot of gifts that He gives. That if you're feeling depressed, if you're depressed, He wants to give you hope. If you're anxious, He wants to give you peace. If you're discouraged, He gives you joy. If you're broken, He gives you healing. If you're grieving, He wants to give you comfort. If you're lonely, He gives His presence. If you're lost, He gives direction. If you're in need, He gives provision. If you're weak, He gives strength. If you're weary, He gives rest. If you have been deceived, He brings truth. If you've sinned, He gives grace. If you're condemned, He gives salvation. If you have doubt, He'll give you faith. If you're dead, He gives life. He gives gifts to men. He gives gifts. That in a relationship with Jesus comes gifts. Now, uh, one of the one that is highlighted at Christmas is if you're in darkness, He gives you light. He gives you light. That's why what is this kind of what we at Christmas time. There's lights everywhere. Christmas is the holiday known for lights. Just this week, my wife and I and the kids, we gathered up and we had just a great old time driving through, looking at lights. And the idea of Christmas, what we're about to kind of witness in the candlelight is, because uh, we're going to end our service with a candlelight, and what we're going to witness is that it symbolizes the fact that the light has come into the world. The light spreads in the world. And um, notice, Jesus came... At night, Jesus came at night, and we celebrate Christmas, although there's a debate on, did Jesus, was Jesus actually born on December 25th? Yeah, probably not, probably not, but I, I do think it's fitting, I think it's fitting that we celebrate Jesus' birth when we do, at the darkest point of the year, at wintertime. Because isn't it true that at the darkest point of our life, that's when we need the light shining the most? And it's when the world was dark and in need of a Savior, in need of a light, that He came and gave the gift of light. And, and I just want you to know today, as we're about to, to light candles, is, is that if you're in a dark place, maybe you're in a dark place. Maybe you're in a dark place spiritually, or emotionally, or mentally, maybe a dark place relationally. If you find yourself in a dark place, I want you to know Jesus wants to light up your life. That He came 
to bring light into a dark and dying world. And um, what we're going to see as we're about to light a candle is, is that all of the source, the source of all the light in this room on these candles is going to come from this one uh, candle here. That this one candle right here will be the source of flame for every flame in this room. And what we see is at Christmas, Jesus comes to give us light. And he wants to light up your life, light up your world. But then, he wants you to take your light and bring it to someone else. So not only does he save us, but then he, he gives us a purpose. And he says, here, I want you to be part of the mission. Take the light that you've received from me that was given at Christmas and go pass it on to someone else. And as your candle is lit, we're going to ask that you light someone else's candle. If it's available, someone next to you, light your neighbor's candle. And we'll see this whole room light up with the light of candles, which remind us of the light that we were given at Christmas. So, um, not totally sure how to make this transition, but my wife, Cammie, y'all can welcome her out to the stage and... and um, we're going to sing Silent Night, and we're going to light candles, and uh, if you don't take anything else from this message, take this. God came, from us. God came for us. God came for us.